Ow. Bugs. Don't you hate them? Stay tuned this week to learn more about all things insect and pest related. Hello and welcome to the Trailbusters podcast, where we talk everything outdoors and adventures. I'm Ethan. I'm Bing. And I'm Will. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about bugs, pests, and all other sorts of outdoor nuisances. How to avoid them and uh, how to make sure you have a better time on your next outdoor adventure. That's right. You all know and hate them. Pests are everywhere in the outdoors, especially if you live in Ontario and, I guess, the south. Is there a lot of pests in the south, Ethan? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially this... Not on the west coast. This kind of, like, around this time... Around this time of the year in in August, right? Like, everything just seems to be popping up. Um, I find the the further south you go, the bigger the mosquitoes get. Um, Down here, especially towards the coast... There are some big mosquitoes, like think the size of, for you Canadian listeners, like Looney Toonie size mosquitoes. Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. Yeah. Looney Tune mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Are there, uh, there's ticks too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ticks are pretty bad. Ticks are really bad this year in particular. I don't know if you guys have seen news articles and stuff. They're all over the place. Um, have you guys had any run-ins with ticks? Not in no, Toronto. Not really, no. Well, I have had two run-in with tick, two run-ins with ticks so far this year, uh, and barely done any outdoor activities. Wow! Um, Tell me first, more. <laughs> the uh, the first one was uh, I went uh, camper camping with my dad. Um, this was a while ago. Now this was in April. I want to say. Uh, we went, he had his camper up at a lake and we hung out. I brought Rocky. It was really nice, relaxing time, just kind of sitting around fishing. Uh, but the first night I went to get changed in the bathroom and I noticed in the mirror, an odd looking freckle in my armpit that turned out to not be a freckle. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I had to ask my dad for some help. And of course we'd been sitting around, uh, doing our version of fishing, which is mostly drinking beer and talking about fishing and how nice it is to be fishing and mostly drinking beer Best kind most of, fishing. of the day yeah um so we uh maybe had a couple too many to be doing any sort of um precision operations uh when he decides he's gonna help me with this hard to reach armpit tick under my right arm i'm right-handed too so it's like my dominant arm it would be really hard to get to for me so he finds a pair of needle nose pliers and a lighter because he knows in his head what I've since learned to be <laughs> a bit of a tick myth that you have to burn them to get them off, to get them to like release. <laughs> um, so he heats up these needle nose pliers and then just goes jabbing in my armpit. And after about three or four jabs, he goes, man, I should, I should really go find my glasses, but I'm pretty sure I almost got it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and which reminds me, he is very, very bad uh, close up. Like he, he needs reading glasses. So right. this is probably very blurry for him. Um, anyway, so we eventually get the tick to let go, goes away. Um, 
And the next week I got my first COVID shot and uh, I started feeling side effects, but the side effects of the COVID shot also, as I start Googling around to see what they might be um, and like confirm that it's that, the other big thing that pops up is similar to Lyme disease. This is around the time I notice I have an irritation in my armpit a few days after from where the tick bit and there's a red big red circle right around the tick bite so i'm like oh man this is not looking good i've got a bunch of symptoms of lyme disease including the tick mark not remembering the fact that my dad had been jabbing me in the armpit with burning pliers (laughs) Um, so really what it ended up being was a very minor skin irritation from a very minor burn from a drunken father prodding with pliers yeah right that's that's crazy yeah you know and actually you know what it reminds me of is like real life game of the operation game like Mm, the one that goes is it water in a knee operation yeah 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 he was hitting the buzzer all over the place on my armpit (laughs) um except for instead of buzzer he was getting "Ah, ah, watch it (laughs) Uh, and and me wincing um but yeah it was actually Within a couple of days of that whole thing, um, I was sitting around with Rocky and we hadn't been outside like in the outdoor since. We'd just kind of been out in the grass around my apartment complex for him to go to the bathroom. And I noticed on his face was another tick uh, latched on. And uh, I was really surprised because he's on flea and tick medicine, but apparently it ticks will release within eight hours of biting while he's on that medicine, which... Seems kind of like defeats the point of having anti-tick medicine if they can be on there that long. But I guess it's gets them off fast enough that they're not likely to get diseases and stuff. So, um, but I found um, I googled around a lot more now because I was home and able to do that and sober, and found that burning is not the right way to do it. And I found this little <laughs> um, like T-tab tick polar where it's like um, it looks like a teardrop. It's like a piece of metal with like a teardrop cut in it. I've seen right. those. Yeah. yeah. And you put the loop over the tick and then you slide the narrow part under the flat part of the tick so it catches into where its head's been in and then you just slide it along and it just yanked it right out. And it even like pinches it in so it doesn't just go flying and then you can dispose of it more easily and I flush mine down the toilet. Ticks freak me out. They always have. And when I think about like other pests that I worry about, like a lot of pests are like really bothersome. You know, I think about mosquitoes, itchy, you know, horse flies hurt, whatever. Mm. But Lyme disease and the complications you can get from, I guess malaria is pretty serious too. But the complicate, like Lyme disease terrifies me because I know people who like that's basically like become a chronic, horrible illness that they'll have to deal with for the rest of their life all because of a tick bite. So to me, ticks are some of the worst pests out there. Mm-hmm. for that reason yeah I, i've it. had a few i've had a few tick bites but luckily no lyme disease how about you guys anything i know i asked recently but anything ever any tick stories oh growing up in nebraska we had a ton and mostly on our dog like who'd run around in tall grass and come home covered in ticks i have a lot of memories of being like you know, very vivid memories of a kid, like seeing like ticks with like trying to burn ticks off of my dog with matches and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe not the best way to do it. I mean, that's uh, the, that's the fire myth, right? 
My, yeah, that is that is. My dad always says this story he, he likes to tell, and it sounds more like an urban legend, so I'm never sure if it's really his story or if it's like he's telling a joke he heard but framing it as his story. But he said there was this, this woman that he worked with who was complaining that her dog, she noticed her dog had a tick, um, and she couldn't get it off. She didn't know what to do, so she asked. She and my dad were talking, and somehow it came up, and she asked, and my dad said, you know, um, just like heat up some tweezers and try and pull on it. And apparently she came back the next day and was saying, you know, I, I tried that and, you know, it just wouldn't come off. And I kept pulling and pulling and it, it wouldn't come off. And I tried heating them up more and more. And my dad's like, then he was like, well, maybe you could try some like pliers or you could like poke it with a heated up pin or something to get it to let go. Or he gave her some more ideas. She kept trying these various like more and more drastic ideas and building up and building up and she goes and finally one time and she goes and the dog just keeps yelping and hollering my dad goes uh, finally she comes in one day and she goes yeah i, I looked it up online it wasn't a tick <laughs> oh, no. oh no the dog's nipple yep Oh, God, oh. poor dog. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? So, what is wrong with that woman? So oh, I, I would say dog. the number one thing to do when treating a tick bite is make sure it's a tick. Yeah, don't yeah. rip your dog's nipples off like some weird ass. Holy hell. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, you have to be some special kind of stupid. <laughs> I feel like to, um, uh, misdiagnosed. But really... um. The best way to get rid of ticks and uh, similar pests are, are preventing them from biting you in the first place. So there are a lot of different repellents you can use uh, to that extent. I think I know with dogs, a lot of um, a lot of stuff is bundled. You know, flea and tick repellent. Same with humans. A lot right. of um, like your typical uh, DEET and what's the other one? Picadin sprays. Um, are very they're very mosquito and tick repellent for the most part, right? Um, or you can or you can bring a sacrificial friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's usually my favorite go to. I think we've talked about <laughs> this before, um, but bringing a friend whose uh, blood is more attractive to, especially mosquitoes. Um, I tend to have less interesting blood for mosquitoes, apparently. What are your experiences, Bing? I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, I'm that sacrificial friend. So yeah. I have the blood type that mosquitoes go after me. So yeah, it's um I find I find a lot of uh mosquito bites all over, like even just walking out outside in a more foresty area and I just come back just covered in bites. So mm-hmm. your tasty treat. Hey, I know mosquitoes what, what to eat. What what can I tell you? Like, flies love me. Yeah, lucky. <laughs> no, not lucky. Unlucky. Lucky for your friends. Lucky for us when we go camping with you. Yeah, it it really works out in my favor a lot. Um, if you have a friend who attracts uh, more insects than you, like I don't. When when Bing and I have gone camping and hiking, I don't even put on bug spray because uh, he's he's doing the work for me. So. <laughs> I feel like another thing is like when I was in Portland, uh, we went for a day hike and I was struck by how few pests there were on the West Coast. So it's like depending on where you are at, the, the huge variance with pests mm-hmm. in Ontario and like around there, like mosquitoes are 
horrific at certain times of day and certain times of year. And the best thing you can do, and besides the sacrificial friend trick, the, the truly the best thing you can do, in my opinion, is just time your trips. Like, yep. don't go pay attention to when mosquito season starts. And honestly, like, unless you're, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about this. It's actually maybe a better friend as a question. What do you guys think? Is it, do you feel like if you live in Ontario, you just need to embrace the suck of going out in buggy times of years, just geared up for it? Or is it better just to literally not go camping during those times of year, like peak mosquito season? Because I don't, I haven't been going out. And part of me thinks like, maybe I just need to be a little bit tougher, get the right gear, maybe go by canoe instead of on foot for example right. and just deal with it it, it yeah. i don't know what do you guys think i think it really depends um i think you shouldn't write it off altogether but definitely it's something to consider and you need to change how you're preparing like um, i'm not going to wear bug netting 90 percent of the time but if i go in um, ontario in like may june go you know hiking um, when it's going to be super buggy, especially like black flies and stuff, then yeah, I'll probably put on some kind of bug, bug netting when I'm going to be in a buggy area and bring a ton of bug spray. Um, but I, I think there's also two schools of thought of like just the sort of rite of passage, you know, just suck it up and, you know, be tough and it's just bugs deal with it. And I, there are more and more, um, diseases and thing and things like that that can be carried by bugs that are definitely not good um and i think another thing to consider too is also animal safety so maybe even if you are willing to go out there when it's super buggy don't bring your dog as your hiking buddy because um, i know you can, you have all sorts of bloodborne diseases but they're also more susceptible to things like um, if they get certain types of bugs they can carry parasites that can give them things like different types of worms so um, there, there's lots of things to be wary of. Um, that being said, like I know in Northern Ontario, it's a big thing like fishing trips in the early spring in super buggy territory. Um, my stepdad always told tales of like this father son trip that they did for a couple generations and they'd be all out in the middle of the river floating down in, um, bug nets covered in bug spray, fly fishing, um, going down this river and uh or probably not fly fishing just fishing going down this river the um, french river and it's like smoking cigars and all sorts of stupid stuff like that to try and keep the bugs away um so i mean they, there's two schools of thought in my opinion but um, i would go less yeah 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 there's definitely room to just deal with it you know and I think I think anyway. the pros I think the pros outweigh the cons. Like it's it's really good to get out there, get some fresh air, kind of refresh the mind and body a little bit. At the same time, like Ethan said, just prepare for it. Like you know it's going to suck. So prepare to mitigate that as much as you can. So or just, you know, embrace that. So <laughs> it's also another thing. There, there's also always like an ever-changing gamut of bugs um so it's, it's good to know the seasons and also a lot of weather services now like if you go to like the weather channel websites and stuff they'll give you bug forecasts for certain areas they do which yeah. can be really really helpful for knowing especially as things transition because usually especially up north you transition from uh you go black flies um into mosquitoes into more 
um, deer and horse flies. Uh, mosquitoes tend to linger for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So you transition through those different things. And, and then you also have... Yeah. Yeah. And, they, and there's seasons for it. And then you also have other pests that come in too that can also... Um, might not be, you know, biting you and draining your blood, but are definitely problematic and will cause issues for you. And that are also seasonal that you should watch out for. Um, things like uh, mice and chipmunks drive me nuts when we're camping. They will go relentlessly try and get into your food. And they also can carry diseases and things like that. Uh, so there, there's things to watch out there. Uh, and there's a whole different set of things oh, yeah. you need to do to prepare for those. Yeah, um, they go they go nuts for your nuts so yeah (laughs) yeah um i I, i'm sure um if you if we had mark on the show he could attest to how crazy i go when chipmunks trying like i kind of go a little overboard when chipmunks are trying to get into food like it feels like you properly bear bag and everything which we can get Mm -hmm. into in a minute but and you take your food down for five minutes to get dinner prepared, and every time you turn your back, there's a chipmunk trying to get into your stuff. <laughs> um, They're so loud too, and they scold you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember that. I remember. I remember when we went. I think we were preparing around some uh, some. What is it? Just the, beans. It was the the morning when we were leaving and our Algonquin trip, just the amount of time of like taking down the food bags and putting them into our backpacks. And like, if you turn, I'm pretty sure one of them started chewing on my backpack at one point. Interesting. Trying to get in. I know we, we tossed, we tossed, uh, we tossed something to the woods for them. I think it was a bagel or something. Oh yeah. That was the, the last day we were there. We, we checked a peanut butter covered bagel or something like that. I think we used it to clean off the peanut butter covered knife. (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we chucked the bagel off into the woods but yeah uh, they they will go nuts for food so it's pro- it's good to have proper food storage um which kind of ties hand in hand into if you're in bear country obviously you're already doing bear bags or bear canisters yeah. um, this is just another thing that'll help another thing that'll reiterate that need to like keep anything that has an enticing smell of any kind and some sort of storage outside of your tents uh, people often think of this for bears. Um, but when I was camping with my buddy, Mark, a, a little while ago, we had a different run in and I don't even think he had anything with high sense in his tent, but, uh, we were woken up in the middle of the night. Um, both of us, him from a mouse, me from him freaking out about a mouse running across his neck in the middle of his sleep. Um, and he, I remember him chasing it around the tent. Uh, and I woke up like I couldn't go back to sleep right away and I saw mice trying to get into my tent but uh, they couldn't make it in but repeatedly they would he'd zip up his zipper and they would pull the zipper pulls to pull it back open and climb back into his tent multiple times (laughs) so smart pretty crafty pretty relentless yeah that's another point though put the zippers up top and not at the bottom yeah, I, I always yeah, put mine one. at the top, and then if you have the little ties, I'll like loop them through each other so that it's like kind of mm, for sort sure. of tied on the inside, and then hundred percent can't get in. But mice, mice can be pretty crafty. Chipmunks can be pretty crafty. Not quite as crafty like as raccoons, but pretty crafty. Yeah. I feel like if you're doing like really long through hikes. Mice and bugs like or like pests like that are a more serious problem because 
I feel like they're like more likely to like chew into your tent and like create holes in your tents or uh, eat food that you need or like spoil food by pooping in it. Mm-hmm. And like that's like a bigger deal if you're out longer. Right. Whereas like I've also heard that like conversely like pests like mosquitoes, you know, it's really bothersome if you don't go out very often and you're like kind of going outside like once every summer and then you get bitten a lot and you have a really strong reaction. But I've heard that your body excuse me. I've heard that your body's histamine reaction um will be like less strong. I don't know if histamine's even the right word, but I I've I think heard this and I, I don't know if it's scientifically true, but I've heard a kind of apocryphal story that if you get bitten enough, your body just kind of like stops reacting as strongly because it's like uh, sort of not on, on like an allergic reaction and you can kind of train your body to right. respond less to it. Kind of so used people to who go out a lot, yeah, get used to it. They don't have even very much of a reaction, uh, whereas people who don't go out much have big. So like if you're out for like a big through hike in the summer, probably by the end of it, like you're not even thinking about mosquito bites. <laughs> you're, you're thinking about how much your feet hurt and how the damn mice like chewed in a hole in your tent and now yeah. the water's getting in or whatever yeah i mean what doesn't kill you just makes it stronger right yeah but they, they can be they can be quite the pest they also last longer in the cool seasons um but i think the the one thing i've seen especially um down south with car camping more so the one thing that's worse than mice and chipmunks are the raccoons i remember one time uh we were camping in my dad's camper um and we heard kind of a ruckus outside and we opened up the camper door and looked out and my dad shone a big flashlight off to the side and standing there one hand holding the cooler lid open the other hand holding a juice box with the corner chewed off was a raccoon slurping (laughs) a juice box (laughs) nice uh, so from then on, uh, yeah, we, we ratchet strap anything like that we leave outside and uh, a lot of like security measures like that because they're pretty clever at getting into things. I think actually you guys being in Toronto, I don't know if you personally have had experience, but I know there's there's a really good 99% invisible episode and like going into detail of the amount of effort they had to put into designing the green bins in Toronto to be raccoon proof. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Be just because of how good they are at getting into things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Toronto is pretty much like raccoon central. Like, I've never seen any raccoons like out in Algonquin or any kind of the parks. Maybe they're just uncommon there, but super common in the city. Go for the, they go for your garbage, um, and it, it's it's crazy. Like one morning, I saw I think a rank raccoon mother with her children just like casually walking from trash bin to trash bin because it was garbage pickup day and trying to get into ones that weren't closed properly and mm-hmm. yeah wow. it's 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 super common they're super crafty about it um and they will fight for their territory too i think i've encountered uh some of just fighting in your yard because you're on my turf or something like that i so. think uh you see that a lot in more urban areas and then when you get out into the more rural areas um both down here in north in western north carolina and up in uh in ontario actually most of canada um, you run into more bears the more rural yeah. rural you get and they're quite crafty too with getting into stuff especially like black bears will find ways to open all sorts of stuff so they have like algonquin has those trash cans where you have to reach your hand into a hole where there's like a release for the trash right. can lid that's in a slot that's too small for a black bear hand 
or paw, I guess. Uh, and down here, there's always news stories about, you know, black bears getting into people's trash and yards and stuff like that. Um, I saw one not too long ago, actually, uh, walking across the Blue Ridge Parkway while I was going for a motorcycle ride. Um, so they're definitely something to keep an eye out for. And definitely when you go camping, you, you've got to be prepared yeah, for them. Especially yeah, especially food. Um, have we... Yeah. Have we, have we talked about that camping triangle or bear bagging at all on any of these episodes? You know what? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Basically, basically the idea is, um, ideally when you're camping in a back country, um, and I should have thought to research this to get exact numbers, but there's a distance triangle you set up where, um, you want your sleeping area, your cooking area, and where you're storing your food to form either a line or a triangle with a minimum distance between each of those three things that I think is like 200 feet or something like that. Um, and uh, when you're done cooking, you know, clean all your stuff and make sure no food or scented items end up in your tent. Put them all into some sort of food storage container, either a bear canister if you can bring it, um, or a, uh, hang it in a bear bag. A bear bag is essentially, um, you, there are a couple of ways of doing it. It's probably easier to Google it than have us explain it on a podcast, but you, uh, throw a rope over a branch and you hang your, uh, your food in a bag at least six feet away from the branch and 12 feet away from the ground. Um, and, far enough out on a branch that a bear couldn't reach from the trunk over to where mm -hmm. it's hanging in the air. Um, that has the added benefits too of most of those other pests we've talked about, talked about, um, can't very easily get to your stuff. Um, and for the bag itself, I've seen two schools of thought. So when I went camping with my buddy, Mark, he had a, a tear proof bag that had like this big, heavy rope, um, big heavy canvas you put all the stuff in and nothing can right. rip through it um but it's got kind of an open top bit like it doesn't tie super sealed i tend to go with bags that are a little easier if something got a hold of it to rip into which is bad if they're sitting around on the ground and stuff but um, i do uh roll top um like water tight yeah. bags and uh, that way, no scent can get out, hopefully, and it's less likely to attract something in the yeah. first place. So I think those are two yeah. equally valid exactly. approaches. I think the, yeah. the roll top is good because I think the, the worst thing you can do is attract everything to the spot. And the, the, I don't know, teamwork and try to get up there and try to get the bag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got to definitely think about like wind direction and stuff like that, too. You don't want to. Um, I think it's always good to keep in mind you're going to run into pests as with everything else, be prepared and also be prepared to embrace the suck in, uh, kind of expect and get over some of these challenges and mm -hmm. be able to move past them, uh, to just enjoy being outside. You got to take the bad with the good. Um, uh, and these animals are there for a reason. They're affecting the environment in some positive ways. Um, even if it's not always apparent while you're trying to figure out why half your food got eaten, after you, <laughs> your bear bag wasn't hung properly or something. Um, but, uh, always, always remember to prepare and embrace the suck and 
that's going to do it for us this week on the Trailbusters. Um, please make sure to tell your friends about the show if you're enjoying it. Spreading the word is the best way to get more listeners. Uh, email us if you have any suggestions for future topics uh, at info at the Trailbusters. Or find us on all social medias. We are the Trailbusters everywhere. Um, for the Trailbusters, I'm Ethan. I'm Bing. And I'm Will. And we'll see you on the trail. Cespedes. Ta-da!